Thanks for listening to this week's Hope at Crossroads. We are glad you're taking the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can connect with us through our website, hopeatcrossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends and let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And now, here's this week's message. Yeah, wonderful privilege this morning uh, to introduce to you uh, somebody. I don't know if she knows this or not. I think we probably met 20 plus years ago uh, at the Renaissance uh, Hotel at a conference uh, called Gospel Music Week. And uh, part of a radio team I was with there at the time got to interview uh, our special guest this morning. She travels around the world singing incredible testimony. I'm not going to steal her thunder. I'll let her share that with you this morning. But uh, most of all, what I love is her heart for people and her heart for God. And uh, we're privileged to have her. She was at the women's conference, and uh, we asked her if she would be willing to stay over and share just with our folks. She got to share with a lot of churches that were a part of the women's conference, but we said, will you stay and just share with the Crossroads family? And she was nice enough to say yes, so we are grateful. So, uh, could you give a big Crossroads welcome to Tammy Trent? Come lead us this morning. What, what station were you working at, Pastor? Do you remember? I mean, because it was a long time ago for you. Do you, do you remember? <laughs> what was that? What was that station? Oh, okay. Wow, I don't remember that. But <laughs> I've also lost my memory at 55. What a blessing to be with you guys, truly. And I mean that sincerely this morning. I don't often stay over on a Sunday morning because my priority is always to get home to my own home church. But uh, Pastor Jack was like, you're going to do this and you're going to love it. And we, you know, no, he did not do that. He did not say that. But I, there, there's times when you just know a nudging from God like, yes, 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 yes. I just, I want to be there. And not just to pour into your lives, but when you know that God has something for you as well. And I think that is a beautiful place to be when your eyes are always looking to receive something from God. Because he's always moving, he's always present, and he's always breathing in your direction. He doesn't want you to just stay comfortable in your relationship with him. He wants you to keep growing and to keep seeking and to keep finding and hearing his voice so that you know clearly exactly what he's asking you to do when he's wanting you to keep moving in relationship with him. He is an ever-loving, ever-present God. And if there was ever a time we needed to know that we know that we know who we are in Christ and who he is in us is now in this time. Amen? Amen. So when I say amen, it's not because I'm without words. It's just to know that we are together as a body of Christ to say yes and amen. I agree. And I do think that this is a time to just dig deep into the word of God I'm not a deconstructor of the word of God, meaning I don't change things to fit my narrative. It is the word of God, and he's breathing constantly, truly, all around us, his truth. Not my truth, but his truth. 
and his truth for your life. He will always see you through no matter what you're going through. Now, I'm not just a girl speaking words. I have walked it. I have lived it. The rug has been pulled from underneath me where I had a chance to say, I don't believe anymore. I don't trust God anymore. Who is he anymore? He could have changed this and he didn't. Why didn't he? Now I'm mad. I feel abandoned. All of those things, all of those sayings, all those thoughts were absolutely genuine and in the humanness of me that I felt at the same time, it wasn't an option for me to walk away from God because he was the one thing that steadied my world through it all since the time I was a kid to the time I'm standing with you here this morning. I know that I know that he's real. I feel his presence all around me. I look for it. I pray for it. I want to be surrounded by the things of God, whether it's the people I hang out with, the books I read, the music I sing, where I go. I want to be surrounded in the, in the presence of God in my life because it's the very thing that has brought me back to life when I couldn't breathe on my own. And so for that, grateful to be with you this morning and to share with you a story of life, of hope, and how God can absolutely meet you in the middle of your circumstances because it might not be well with your circumstances this morning, but somehow it can be well with your soul. Amen? Hallelujah. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound, Jesus. May it be a sweet, sweet sound, Lord. May I be a sweet, sweet sound in this place. I love you, Jesus. I'm grateful for your commitment in my life and in our lives. Thank you for this day we woke up and we're alive, God. Even in our circumstances, we're alive and we're here. Why? Because you've still got a plan. You still have a purpose. And I'm right in the middle of it. And I want to be used of you, God. So I thank you for this time that we have together. I pray that it would be a blessing, bring great clarity and wisdom and joy in our lives. And all things good. In Jesus' name, amen. And all God's people said, amen. I don't think I'll ever get tired of hearing that song that I wrote in 1997. That's how old I am, Pastor Jack. <laughs> but I'll never get tired of it. I think that uh, the message of the prodigal son 
If you're anything like me, I think every one of us could raise our hands and say, there has definitely been times in my life that I have needed to be reminded that there's no shame, there's no guilt in the family of God, especially when he says, come back, come back. And there's something about this church that I've already felt so welcome, truly. I've like hugged complete strangers that said, I love you. I'm like, I love you. Here's my Christmas list. (laughs) Since we're family now. (laughs) I love it. But thank you. You're so welcoming. And what a great Great place to be in the body of Christ, surrounded by people that are just imperfect, just like you, but we need a perfect God that loves us through it all. And I love when I can come into a place like that and just feel loved and welcome just as I am. And I love that about Jesus as well. Well, I've got one of those testimony stories that I never, ever thought I would ever have. I never would have dreamed that I'd be traveling the world in this kind of way and getting up on a platform on a Sunday morning outside of Greenville, South Carolina, wherever I am. I have no idea where you guys are. Where, where am I? Am I in Greenville? Greer? Greer. I love Greer. It's a great place. Such a great, it's better than Greenville, actually. Greer is better than Greenville. So, (laughs) but never dreamed I would be in this situation. And at the same time, I can tell you this morning, even through my testimony, that um, I'm grateful for God's healing. He is still a God that heals. He is still the God that is capable of restoring. He is still a God of increase and wholeness, and he invites for freedom in your life because he wants you to live a full, abundant life filled with joy, unexplainable joy that the world only can talk about But truly, joy in Jesus is an entirely different thing. And when you grasp that and understand that, I think it, for me, has helped me navigate through some very difficult times in my life. I met this kid in my youth group when I was 15 years old. I went to a very charismatic church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I don't know if you could tell that. That was the kind where we lifted up our hands and we worshiped the Lord and we sang Jehovah Jireh 77 times in a row. <laughs> so that was my church over and over and over again. And there we were. And I loved it. I felt the fire. I loved Jesus. I wanted to just sing and I wanted to move. I wanted to feel God in me deep inside. And I love that about my church. And I remember this one particular Wednesday night, we had about 400 kids in our youth group and we were just sitting there. I was with my girlfriends and I'm singing Jehovah Jireh my provider is grace is sufficient for me for me for me and I looked in the back of the room and in came walking in three of the yummiest guys I'd ever seen I was like thank you Jesus I love church hallelujah Woo! and I walked in and I saw these guys and they began to lift up their hands and worship the Lord there was something about that moment that was very attractive to me as a 15 year old girl I thought, I've got to meet these guys because surely one of them will fall in love with me, if not all three of them. (laughs) Well, I learned that we lived on the same side of town, which meant that we got to go to the same fellowship group together. So I got to watch their lives and see if they were really interested in the things of God. And I learned quickly that they were. I had my eye on the youngest brother of the three, and he had his eye on me. I couldn't believe it. I truly felt like a lucky 15-year-old girl because every girl in the youth group wanted to date these guys. And for some reason, he chose me. And now, look, I was a total tomboy. I was a total jock. I didn't know how to do my hair. I didn't know how to do my makeup. But this kid chose me. I mean, you look at that picture, and clearly, I am a hottie. <clears throat> clearly. <laughs> But he chose me, and I thought, man, I'm not going to question. I'm just going to go. And the phone rang on my 16th birthday. I was just shy of that birthday by about a month when we dated. I mean, when we met. So on the, on the 16th 
day of my birthday. Wait, let me start all over again. I don't even know what I'm saying. Let me walk around this chair a second and start all over again. So, turned 15 when I met this guy. So, it was a month before, and thanks for laughing, Anita. I love that about you. The girl who travels with me, works for me for 20 years. Everybody else is going, wow, this girl's really losing it. And Anita's back there going, this is awesome. <laughs> so, 16 years old. I wasn't allowed to date till I was 16. The phone rang, Prince Charming called, and we went on that first date together. Man, it was the greatest adventure of my life. He was so fun. He had come to faith later in life. So his relationship with Jesus was just, it was new to him. It was exciting. And I felt like I was beginning to learn more about the things of God through this guy's faith and his newfound faith. He always spoke life into my spirit constantly. He always found a way to have fun and to always, always be surrounded with people that were fun and filled with life and were interested in the things of God. I love that so much about him. You know, in our youth group, we talked about purity and about true love weights. It was something we both believed in very much, and yet it was something I struggled with because I wanted to be loved. I wanted to know love. I wanted to love somebody. And I think that root came from the fact that I had come from a broken home. So I didn't have a father in my life every day telling me that I was a princess, that God had plans for my life. Until this young man walked into my life and he began to speak these things into my life. So I fell even more in love with him. But every time I was weaker, he was always stronger. And I loved it because he would begin to tell me things like, I want to protect this relationship. I want to protect this relationship that God has given us. And I thought, wow, like you're 17 years old now telling me things like this. So of course I fell even more in love with this guy. So after seven and a half years of dating, I finally married him because I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> And I think that's when the greatest day of my life began, standing down that same aisle where we had met seven and a half years prior, thinking, man, this is a dream come true. I get to spend the rest of my life with my best friend, my soulmate, this gift from God to me. And I know you look at that picture, and it's, it's so sweet. It's like they just got married, and he's clearly praying over their marriage, and that's so wonderful. But, and she's got her head like rested on his shoulder, and they're just they're in the moment. But honestly, that headpiece was super heavy. I just couldn't, I, it was, I couldn't hold that up. But there we were in that church. The great adventure was about to begin. Everything that I experienced in my dating relationship now just overflowed into my marriage. I truly felt blessed. I was a girl that I always knew love, and it was faithful and it was consistent. Just to be a woman to know love from a great leader in a marriage that just looked out for her best and wanted to protect her. That's all I ever knew from dating now into my marriage. And I'm going to be honest with you. I often say this where I go, I was the forgive me girl. When I say that, I mean that I was the one that always had to go back and say, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. I don't know where that came out, how that came out of my mouth, where that came from. It was a knee-jerk reaction. It was unkind. It was unthoughtful at that moment. And I'm so sorry. I just had an outburst that just was out of line. And I don't know why that you don't just maybe walk away or just yell back or say something or tell me, be quiet, or just leave. And he'd say, Tammy, because I never want you to know hurt. I never want you to think that I will ever leave you. I want God's best for you. Give me this thing, these things in your life that are stressing you out so that you can be free to be who God wants you to be. And it was everything I took for granted in my life because I never thought I would live a day without that kind of covering in my life. I'd maybe go down to uh, our office the next day and I'd find a sticky note on the computer from, from him that'd say, thou shalt not get angry. 
<laughs> and I'd find a scripture attached to it. I'd go up to, uh, well, I'd go into the kitchen. And he'd have another note on the refrigerator that'd say something about taming the tongue. And he'd have a scripture verse for that. Or I'd go upstairs to the bathroom. And he'd have another note on the back of the door that'd say, like, thou shalt not explode. And he'd somehow have a scripture verse attached to that, always pushing me towards the things of God because he knew how my heart would respond. Like, I'm quick to laugh. I'm quick to giggle. So he would say something and do something to, to, to open up my heart to receive something. But there was that scripture that was always solid right there, pushing me towards the things of God. I received it and I, I loved it. And I love that he knew me so well to know how I would receive it best. And it was stuff I just took for granted. I signed my first record deal in 1995. I took his first name as my last name. Together we were Tammy and Trent Linderink. But on the platform, I became Tammy Trent. And I loved it because we were in this thing together from the very beginning. I asked him to leave his family business in Michigan and come on the road with me full-time in ministry. I was like, babe, we can be together 24 hours a day, just you and just me. Doesn't that sound incredible and exciting? And he was like, wait, just you and just me. Every day, 24 hours a day, I said, yes. He said, well, can I pray about that? (laughs) And he did, and he came back. He said, absolutely, let's go. Wherever God calls us, let's go, and let's do it. We love people. We love serving people. We love the mission field. Wherever God wanted to call, we were just all in. From the time we were in youth group together, doing mission trips together in our youth group, we were all in. We didn't just love each other, but we really liked each other. We loved liked hanging out. We loved being together. Somehow we just made it work. So we began to travel the world together in ministry and and absolutely loved it. We loved it so much. I'd bring him up on stage in that picture there because he was the worst singer in the world. And I would bring him up and, and we'd find someone whose birthday it was and I would make him sing happy birthday and he could never do it. I mean, I can't even sing it. I mean, who can sing happy birthday effectively? He's always happy birthday, you, a little more monitor. It's terrible. I'm terrible. And he was awful and we loved it. The whole crowd would love it. And I just, oh, I just ate him up. You can tell. Just made me giggle. He was just the best guy and he was up for anything. And I love that about him. It was everything I took for granted. So in September of 2001, I was asked to go over to Jamaica on a mission trip. It was a season in my life where I just sort of wondered, what's next? Do you ever get in those places in your life where you just wonder, what's next? What does God have next for me? Am I in the will of God or am I not? Am I doing what I want to do, what I've been chasing after? Or have I been listening to the voice of God? Am I where God wants me to be? I think in that season in my life, after three albums and touring and things like that, like a dream came true and it was wonderful. I just kind of also thought, well, what's next? Is there something different than this? And I'm a, am I in God's will? Because I think our greatest fulfillment, our greatest peace comes when we're truly right where God wants us to be. And that's where I truly wanted to be. And so I remember thinking, well, maybe now after 11 years of marriage, dated seven and a half, now 11, we've been together more than half our lives. Maybe it's starting a family. Maybe that's that next season that God has for us is to start a family. I remember being on this plane and I said, babe, what do you think about uh, like starting a family? We've been married now 11. Maybe now this is a good time to talk about it. And he said, well, he said, I have been ready. I've been waiting. I've just been waiting for you to be ready. But he's like, I am all in. He said, I, you know, I think we should get started right away. And I said, well, babe, we're on a plane. But as soon as we get home, we'll knock this thing out. So let's wait. (laughs) And as soon as we got home, we added maternity to our insurance, thinking that this was that next season that, that God was up to. 
I knew God was up to something. I just didn't have any idea what it was. Got on that plane, we flew to Jamaica. We had a beautiful vacation on one side of the island before we were to begin our mission trip on the other side of the island. And on that day, we began to travel. And Trent said, what do you want to do on our day off? And I said, well, if I know you like I know you, you've made a list of things, so show me your list. And he pulled out that, right, every guy's got a list. You've researched, you've studied. We know you guys, and we love you for it. (laughs) So we pulled out this list. It said the Blue Lagoon. At the top of it, Blue Lagoon was just right there in my face, and I thought, I know that's what he wants to do. I know it. He'd been a certified diver since the age of 12, never did anything to take a risk. I was never afraid of Trent being in the water, and I knew he wanted to explore at the Blue Lagoon. So I said, let's head there, and he said, great, and we headed there. We had lunch on the edge of the water, and then Trent suited up. He said, I'm going to be gone for just 15 minutes, and when I get back, we'll go do something that you want to do. I said, that sounds great. And that particular afternoon, Trent was free diving. It's when you go in the water without oxygen, without tanks. You hold your breath. Trent could hold his breath up to about three minutes underwater. He was amazing at it. And I know it's true because he practiced every night in the bathtub. (laughs) And there we were. We finished lunch. Trent was fully suited up. His mask, his wetsuit, his fins, snorkel. He had his underwater scooter that we had to take everywhere we went on vacation, which I hated, but he loved it. Sitting right there on the edge of the water. I said, Trent, hang on a second. I said, stop a second. Let me get the camera because you look so good. And I went and I grabbed the camera and I took a picture of Trent sitting on the edge of the water. And then he got into the water and he slipped beneath the surface and he was gone. Trent was going to explore in the Blue Lagoon in a hole that went down about 150 feet deep. And I knew that he was on his way to explore. He lifted up his head out of the water, though, and he waved goodbye just one more time, and I waved back. And I had no idea at that moment that that would be the last time I would ever see Trent again. He never came back up that day. Remember, 30 minutes had gone by, 45 minutes had gone by, and I realized that I hadn't seen him. So I started to get close to the edge of the water, and I started to look for him. And I knew I'd have to see him every few moments, but I still saw nothing. Got closer to the edge of the water and just really started to look out at that hole and still saw nothing. I remember that moment. It was truly the first time in my life, really, that I felt the depths of uh, fear, of... um, numbness, like knowing that something is wrong, but I could not change it. I knew something had shifted. I knew something had changed, and I knew it would never be the same. And I went to the back room of this restaurant all by myself, and I I remember just having one of those moments where uh, I just, I lifted up my hands toward heaven It was like an automatic response, like we're practicing our whole lives for these moments in our lives. What do we believe? When we come to church, are we remembering scripture? Are we committed to these things? We're we're singing worship songs. Are we just showing up because we think that's something we have to do? Are we going because I want to be fed? 
I want to remember things. Because for me, practicing my whole life, it led up for me to that moment. What do you believe? What scripture are you clinging to right now? Do you know any? Do you remember any? For me, it was Psalms 34, 18 that told me this. that The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those whose spirits are crushed. Tammy, he's got you. He's got you. He's got you. Lean into that. He's got you. And I began to lift up my hands and just pray. And yet the only thing that would even come out of my mouth was help God. Help me. Jesus, help me. That's all I could even say. The words just weren't there. Just help me, God. Help me. I, I need you. Help me, God. I don't know what to do. And then I just began to sing, sing songs because they had everything to do with my life at that exact moment. And that's why everywhere I go, I start with the song I started with today um, because it's the very song I started with in that season of my life, in that room, crying out to God and just speaking life over myself and singing, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ears. So turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things on earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, Jesus, my Jesus, let all heaven and earth proclaim the kings and kingdoms, they're going to all pass away, but there's something about that name. And oh, the blood of Jesus. You know this one? Sing with me if you do. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. You're washing me till I'm whole. And that's where I was in that room of all things, singing praise songs. But I truly was on autopilot. And every one of those songs 
had everything to do with my life at that exact moment. And they were truly a lifeline tying me to hope. Well, three hours went by as I called in a dive team and said, would you begin to to search for my husband who's out there swimming and I haven't seen him, I can't find him. They began that search and every hour went by and they still found nothing. So the three hours went by and they came back and said, Tammy, we're going to have to call the search off because we can't find him and it's getting too dark. We can't find him, but we'll start again tomorrow morning. And I said, then I'll sleep here on the edge of the water because I have nowhere to go. I don't know where I'm supposed to be. But hours away from here on a mission trip, Starting tomorrow, I have no idea where I'm supposed to be, but I'll sleep here on the edge of the water because I have nowhere to go. And they said, no, we don't want you to do that. We're, we're going to take you up to a home of two doctors that want to watch out for you through the night. And I said, okay. And I'll never forget the next morning, I, I woke up and the doctor came into my room. And he said, Tammy, come quickly. We want to show you the television in the other room. And I walked into that room staring at the television the morning of September 11th, 2001 as the second plane plowed into the Twin Towers in New York City. I thought for the first time in my life that this is the end of the world. This must be it. Do you remember how you felt? Do you remember where you were that moment? I don't think we'll ever forget something like that. But there I was in this foreign country feeling the same, like, has anybody found Trent? Does anybody know where Trent is? Have you found him? What's going on? And then the phone rang. It was my family. They were grounded on planes all across the country. Not one person could get to me. And I thought, God, why? How will I go through this by myself? How am I supposed to get through this by myself without the help of my family? God, where are you? And then the phone rang again. It was the dock. They found Trent in that hole about 150 feet deep, still hanging on to his underwater scooter. But something had struck him on the back of the head, and he didn't make it. He didn't survive, and he fell into the arms of Jesus, and he was gone. And I fell to the ground just crying, asking God, what do I do now? What do I do with this, God? How do I live? How do I breathe? How do I move on? Are you even there? Are you real? Oh, see, I know all the right answers. I've been telling people my whole life to hang on to trust God. That in the middle of your circumstances, you're not alone. But now I'm in the middle of mine and I feel alone. And I felt hopeless. God, do you see me? Do you see this girl? And moments later, Trent's father walked into the room. He was the only one that caught a a red-eye flight out of L.A. the night before on a business trip. And he was now there to walk out the next 10 days of both, as both of us were stuck uh, in Jamaica as all flights were grounded. We couldn't get out. But one of the greatest parts of the story to me is this. Two days later, we headed to Kingston where Trent and I were originally planning on going to begin our mission trip. Only now I was walking into the very same hotel room with my father-in-law and not with Trent. We got adjoining rooms so he could watch out for me through the night. And the next day, he wanted to go back to the Blue Lagoon and explore. And I, I stayed behind because I didn't have the strength to go. So I just stayed behind. I wanted to be alone. And he left. And there I was just crying in the bathroom just hanging onto the vanity, just like, God, are you there? I feel numb. I'm upset. I'm angry. I don't want this to change. I love my life. I don't know how I will survive something like this. What do I do now? God, are you there? Do you see me? Do you see this girl? If you do, could you just send me somebody that would hold me? I'm not asking for 
a hundred angels or ten, but just one angel that would just hold me. And something came over my spirit at that moment. I knew I was supposed to get up and move. So I started to get up and I started to move through that room and I could hear somebody in the adjoining room. So I went over there and I made my way over there to that opening in the doorway. And I looked in and I saw this beautiful Jamaican woman standing there in a Hilton housekeeping outfit. And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, could you just come in and make my bed? I said, that's all I need. Could you just come in and make my bed? And she said, yes. She said, I could hear you crying and I've been trying to get to you. She said, could I just come in and hold you? I think I fell apart because it was the very prayer I was asking God, could you just send me somebody to hold me? And there she was. Can I just hold you? She walked in and she wrapped her arms around me. She began to pray for me. Now she had no idea I was a believer. I had no idea she was a believer. But we stood there in that embrace and I thought to myself, man, I had no idea angels wore Hilton housekeeping outfits. (laughs) I would have called her sooner. Then she let go. And I could hear her in my room singing praises to the Lord, making my bed. It was truly the most beautiful thing I had heard. And yet she was so off key. (laughs) But it was beautiful. And I remember going over and uh, sitting next to this table, had a Bible sitting there. And I just said, could you give me something more for me? God, could you just give me something just for me? I think in those moments, we want to know, or any moment for that matter in my life, want to know that God is an individual God, that he's thinking just about you right now, that he's in every detail of your life right now. Sometimes we think he's so big that he's just too busy for the details of my life, the things I'm praying for, the things I care about. But I want to remind you that he's very much an individual God, very much in the very details of your life. There's never a time when Jesus is too busy to listen to whatever conversation you want to have with him. Those conversations are also called prayers. If you don't think you can pray well this morning, just have a conversation with Jesus. He can hear you. He knows your heart. And he wants to give you the desires of your heart when they not line up with his will for your life. So that's where I was looking at the word, wanting one of those moments. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but many times I've been like, I'm just going to blindly put my hand on the word of God. And when I open up my eyes, God, please speak. Please let it be for me. Anybody else ever done that? Like just (laughs) don't admit it. Two of you did. Great. Love your honesty. (laughs) No, but I think that's a very natural thing. And we can't admit that. I just, I'm in that humanness of my life right at that moment. Just God speak. And so I put my hand on a page. And when I open my eyes, I turn to Psalms 30 verse 5. And it told me this. That Tammy, although you may mourn and although you may cry, and it will endure throughout the night, it'll probably endure throughout many nights to come. My joy comes in the morning. So when you feel like you can't breathe, you feel like you can't move, his joy will be the very thing, truly one of the things to bring you back to life again. See, there was nothing in my life that made me happy at that moment But to me, happiness and joy are two very different things, right? So for me, happiness is a series of happenings in your life. I'm going to show up today and hopefully get a free Starbucks because I have 200 points. Now, I'm not happy about it. It used to be 150, but now they changed it to 200 points, right? I don't know if anybody's got an app. But I'm hoping I get one. And if I don't, I'm like, oh. Or you pull up and, like, somebody else gets your latte or they've taken your three little vanilla, vanilla, oh, that's a great word, vanilla, your petite vanilla bean scones, 
because it was a mobile order. Now it's gone. You know, now you're like, oh, those are circumstances. Those are happenings. And now you're not happy about it. But the joy of the Lord is the foundation of your life. To me, meaning that no matter what happens, truly, that nothing happens first without his knowledge or permission in your life. So with me, I've had to look at this and go, okay, did God do this to me? I'll be honest with you and tell you, I have never thought for one moment that God has done this to me. That God has taken from my life. Because I believe that he is a God of increase and wholeness that he wants to give and bring into your life. Will he remove things that are not great? I think yes, but I believe he replaces those in your life. Replacing, increase. So I don't know all the answers this side of heaven. One day I will. But I do believe that if God sees that things will serve a greater purpose in your life, then he will allow them to happen. And for me, I have seen the greater purpose in my life, even through the pain. I could sit with you Sunday morning here in Greer, South Carolina, and say there have been times I have hated God's plan for my life. Can I get an amen? So you know what I'm feeling. There have been times when I have not liked it. I wish it was different. Choose somebody else, God. Don't trust me with this. I don't like this. It hurts. But at the same time, I lean into him going, you must trust me enough that I would do something with this, God. I would rather give my pain purpose this side of heaven and learn to navigate through that and knowing that God will do what he says he will and has bringing healing into my life. It's taken a while, but I can honestly, even through the tears this morning, because I think it'll always be a punch in the gut when things come out of my mouth. And I think I can't believe I'm even saying this. Trump was such a big life, a big personality that I can't even believe he's gone. His influences still affect my life today. The man of God that he was totally affects my life. The adventure, the fun, I find myself doing things the way he taught me to do them. So I've been not just a survivor, but an overcomer because of who Jesus is. And because of, of who Jesus is in our lives, we have hope. Not the kind of hope of the world that the world speaks of, but the hope of eternal and so much in Jesus and our faith. And because of that hope, Trent is now a part of my future, not my past. Amen? What a future we have in Christ, the eternal. What a gift. What a gift. So I came home from that time and I thought, wow. I don't know if I'll ever get back up on a stage. I don't know what I'll do with my life, what you have planned, God, but I'm going to lay it all down right now because I have nothing to give. I think you need to know, too, that God says resting is okay. The waiting is okay. And so I was in that season. I said, I'm going to lay it down and rest, and I don't know what this looks like, but will you give me a year to heal? And then after that, we'll talk <laughs> about it, what's next. And he gave me a year, and I began to heal. And during that time, I wrote some songs and because I thought if I ever get to travel and hang out with some of you guys on a Sunday morning, I'd want to sing a song to you. One of the first songs I wrote uh, that takes me back to that place in Jamaica called Edge of the Water. And I don't know what edge you might be standing on this morning, but I promise you this, that God's in the middle of it all with you. And if you just let go, you will be captured and you will be held every single time.
Jesus, I thank you so much for this morning, God. For the one or the two or the three that just have questions and have a a mountain of things in front of them that seems impossible to climb. Pray one that you'd remind them that they are never alone. Your word says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you always. Even in the disappointment, even in the sorrow, even in the pain, even in the questioning, even in the abandonment and the abuse and the struggle. And the rejection and the depression and the anxiety Through it all, Jesus says, I am with you. I am with you. You face nothing alone. You will never walk alone. You will never be in the fire alone. And maybe this morning was just to remind one or two or three or a few of you that whatever you're going through publicly or privately, God wants what's best for you. Some of us this morning might be in things that we need to let go of to find absolute freedom in Jesus and all that he has for you. Whether it's relationships, whether it's where we spend our time, where we spend our time listening to things or seeing things. God wants us to live a pure, holy life of obedience. And I'm telling you that because there's been seasons in my life where I haven't always been the best at obedience. But I'm telling you, even in my own walk, when I began to lay things down in my own life, in my own will, in my own way, These weren't just little things. These were some big things in my life. When I laid them down and surrendered them and finally walked in obedience in an area in my life, I began to see the blessings of God in my life because obedience is tied very closely to blessing. God doesn't ask us to surrender because he wants us to live a miserable life. He wants us to walk in surrender because he has so much fulfillment for us. It's crazy to me how we we think so much fulfillment comes from certain things. And it just always seems empty to me in the end. So maybe it's a challenge for somebody this morning to, to surrender something and to trust God with the pieces of your life. And to know that he's got better and that he's got more, more, more. And that you're not alone. Remember, sometimes rejection in our lives is God's protection. No matter how painful that may have been in your life, you are not alone. You are not alone. So Jesus, this morning I come before you humbly, God. And um, I'm grateful for this time. So grateful. I feel like we are truly in the last end days, God. And so the things I do matter 
What I say matters. What we do and say matters. So I want to pray over this church, Jesus, and to just pray a blessing over them as they continue to grow and expand for the kingdom of God. Not for us, not for people, but for the kingdom of God. Pray an absolute blessing that provision would come, the right people would come to build, to keep building, to keep growing. That people's hearts would be aligned with you, Jesus, for the vision of the kingdom of God. That you would bless Pastor Jack and his wife. God, you would pour blessings over their life. Thank you for this man of God and this woman of God that you have placed them here for such a time as this. To lead and to shepherd this church and your people well. We trust his voice and his word as he trusts you, God. May we lean into that and that covering over this church. And if there's anybody here this morning that says, Tammy, I don't know when you talk about peace, when you talk about eternal, when you talk about hope, I don't fully know all of that. I don't know. Some of us have been raised in church our whole life, but we've never had that opportunity to say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I give you my life. And if it were to end today on the edge, then I know that I know that I know that I will spend eternity with you. So I just want to ask if there's anybody here this morning that would like me to pray with you, I would love the opportunity. I just don't want to leave here knowing that I just poured out something I... And I didn't know that I knew that all my friends, brothers and sisters in this room, that I'd get to see you again one day, if not on this side of heaven, on another side. Love to pray with you. If that's you, just if you'd keep your heads bowed, it's not a big deal. But I just, just want to ask you, I'm going to give you the count of three. And if it's you, just raise your hand real quick so I can see you. I can pray with you. I'm not going to call you out, make you come forward. I just want to pray with you. I want to connect with you in that way. So on the count of three, one, two, three. Hallelujah. Thank you. I see it. I see you. I see you. Yes, I see you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes. Yep. Amen. You can put your hand down. Hallelujah. It's a good day. It's a good day. I'm going to pray with you. And if you're all comfortable, then let's, let's just pray together. Let's just join arms together and pray. Dear Jesus, I come to you this morning in the best way I know how. I surrender all. God, I want to confess that I missed the mark. There is sin. No one is without sin and I have sinned. Forgive me. God, I acknowledge I can only come to heaven through Jesus. So I'm asking him to come into my life, be the father that I need, the protector that I need, the wisdom that I need, the strength that I need, the savior that I need. And may he make all things new in my life. In your name, I pray. Amen. 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 Listen, this is a great church, Pastor Jack. Goodness, I love your church. And if you don't have a church, 
then please find a great one that is teaching the word of God, that has great praise and worship. It's important that we praise and we worship God. It sets the atmosphere and the tone for whatever message that pastor has on his heart or whomever speaking. So find, grow in that. And if this church is growing in that, which I know they are, then plant yourself, plant yourself in a church. Make sure to come back to this church. Keep growing. Be in the word of God. Find a great Bible study, but be someplace that is filled with life and of joy and keep growing in your relationship. And that is exactly what I have felt when I walked into these doors. So I'm praying that you continue to keep moving forward, that you're not ever afraid of change as long as God is in it. Amen? I think there's excitement in that, and you should be excited about the things of God in your relationship. It's the one thing that has kept me going truly all these years. And because of that, I'm going to stretch you this morning a little bit. Um, let me see before I do that. Yeah. Y'all laughed, didn't you? <laughs> or was that just you pastor? <laughs> He's like, Oh God, here we go. Buckle up. Um, I want to give away a couple of things or just tell you about some things. I had some things left over from the conference. Uh, so I've written a couple books and, um, one is my, my first book I wrote. It's called learning to breathe again, choosing life and finding hope after shattering loss. It's my entire story of hope, but it's not just about death. It's about life and about hope in Jesus. And, and how it's brought me through. But it takes you through the beginning of my entire relationship with Trent and just life and just so much stuff to the very end of the book, how God was redeeming and already beginning to put the pieces of my life back together again. My parents were divorced. They weren't talking. It wasn't like something bad or ugly. It just, there was not a relationship there, which happens many times and that's okay. But we as kids would love our parents to have a healthy relationship, even if it's not one together, right? So I always longed for that. But two weeks before Trent went to heaven, I was singing at a big festival in Grand Rapids, Michigan, outside of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and, and um, both my sets of parents came, and they both wanted to hang out afterwards, and, and it was just like, I don't know how this is going to work, but Trent was so instrumental in bringing both my parents together. We all ended up at dinner that night, which was unbelievable. Healing began because God knew that two weeks later, when Trent died and went to heaven that I would need both sets of my parents standing right next to me. It was unbelievable. So I talk about so many of these things, redeeming moments in this book. It's a book about life. There's also a devotional called Beyond the Sorrow. There's hope in the promises of God. Tons of scriptures in that, tons of nuggets in that. If these are resources you need, then they're there. Don't feel the pressure, but I just wanted to make them available if you feel like you want some nuggets to keep moving forward in whatever it is and wherever you are in life. And then there's some music back there. If you're into music, there's all kinds of stuff. I love to dance. I'm telling you, I wasn't allowed to dance growing up in our church. It was kind of one of those things my mama said, though to me, if you want to be free, you can be free, girl. You want to dance? She said, I want you to feel like you can dance for the Lord. She said, but if I ever catch you at a club, I'm going to come and get you and you're never going to want to dance again. So I learned to move at the spirit in the church and it was really hard for me and I just not to move. It's just all like I was walking at nine months, my mom said. So if you see a little bit of that up here, please just show me grace, grace, grace if it's not your thing. But I'm telling you, there is freedom in God. And don't let anybody tell you, you have to stand in a box and you cannot move and you can't lift, lifting up your hands and worshiping God, moving and jumping for joy. The scriptures talk about shout for joy, not just shout for joy, but shout for joy, shout to get joy in your life. If you don't feel like you've got enough in your life, then shout for it, move for it, keep fighting for your spiritual life. Amen. 
Yes, it's important and it should feel alive in your life and in your spirit. Come to life. Come to life, dry bones, in Jesus' name. And so this is a song I wrote, oh, goodness, I don't know how long ago. It was one of my number one hits. I don't know if you're playing out radio. I sure hope you were, Pastor, or that's going to make me a little mad. <laughs> song called My Irreplaceable. Well, why don't you guys, can you stand up with me? I'm going to get you moving. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really... Give you permission this morning just to move a little bit. I don't know what your move is. Maybe it's just this. Maybe it's just this. Someone showed me earlier this morning it was just this. Like, so whatever your is, just, just feel free to enjoy the morning and enjoy your relationship with Jesus. And I'm your life coach to tell you it's okay. You sure can. Songs called My Irreplaceable. you go out with great purpose and passion power in your life in Jesus name amen amen thank you Tammy for being with us don't don't walk off don't walk off too far we've got one more thing for you before you do uh thank you for uh, being here this morning and if you were one of those that indicated uh, a decision for the Lord this morning. I'd be happy to share with you. I'll be here right after we dismiss to our small groups. And if you're looking for a place to get planted, this is a great church. I don't say that just because I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, if some of you are really touched and moved by what was said this morning, don't leave without sharing that with somebody. That's one of the reasons we have small groups after worship, so that you can share those things with somebody. Uh, can you have a seat for just a second? I'm, I'm going to ask some of our ladies. Uh, Tammy is leaving us and uh, quickly driving to Nashville, and I believe jumping on a plane tomorrow, is that right? To head to Dallas uh, to be on, is it Life Today? Life Today. She is one of the new co-hosts of that uh, program. And uh, we like to pray over people and send them out. So you're now uh, an, an ex-officio member of Crossroads, and we're adopting you. So... So your ministry going forward, we want to have a part in, and we can do that through the, through the ministry of prayer. So uh, would you have the seat of honor, and then after we pray over her, her uh, grab some stuff uh, that she has with her and support her ministry, if you would. Do we, can we have some of our ladies that maybe would come surround her and uh, pray over her? I'm going to grab this microphone up here real quick, Paul. I am grateful uh, that God sends some people to Little Greer, South Carolina, uh, or Greenville, uh, to, uh, to support our ladies in this community. And I'm grateful for Tammy and the team that poured into so many ladies in our area over the weekend. Here's the microphone. Two or three of you pray, and uh, we were to send her out this morning in prayer. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you just so thankful that we can just be in this place freely, God, and that you've touched our hearts this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, I know I'm not the only one in here that probably cried a couple times, but um, Heavenly Father, Lord, it's so amazing to know that you love us no matter what, no matter how big the mess is, no matter how far away we feel, God, you are here, and we thank you for that grace, God. Um, I pray as Tammy goes on, God, I pray that you'll send her out as the light that she is, God, that she has, that she will touch people beyond know this church but but across the nation god and we pray for her and we thank you for our time with her this morning
Dear Lord, we just thank you for allowing us all to be together and to worship freely, Lord. I pray that you be with Tammy as she goes to and fro and all across the United States, God. I pray that you um, help her body um, and um, keep her safe, Lord. We pray that she doesn't grow weary. Lord, I know that there's times, God, that I'm sure she gets depressed and she gets lonely. I pray that every time she does that you just bind Satan and just fill her with the joy. Right now, we just pray that um, as she travels, that she will meet people everywhere she goes and be able to deliver the gospel freely and be able to touch people's lives for you, God, and for you only. We just pray that you give her new stories too, Lord, and that you give her new songs, God, and um, fill her with your presence each and every day. And um, God, just thank you for allowing um, her to be here with us and just to bring joy into our lives. We thank you first of for who you are, God, and for dying on the cross for us and for sending Jesus. I thank you for all the people that made a profession of faith today, that you will grow them and that they'll be able to step out in faith and be able to proclaim you just as Tammy does, God. Just thank you once again for your grace and your love and your mercy and your forgiveness. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the message that you gave us today. Thank you so much for Tammy's witness, her testimony. Lord, thank you for her willingness to want to follow you and to do what you have for her. Heavenly Father, again, we pray for her strength. We pray for her traveling mercies. We pray for her ability to see you working, Heavenly Father. Show her where you are working. Lord, we pray that she'll not be discouraged and that she will fill you in her life. Thank you, Jesus, for this sister in your name. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for Timmy. I thank you for the love, your love that she shows. I pray that you continue on anointing her, Lord Jesus, and use her for truly souls to be set free. Precious Lord, we we thank you. We thank you, Lord, um, for this life. And just hold her so close unto you and uh, direct her steps, Lord Jesus. And we worship you and we thank you for sending her our way. And I pray that it will bear much fruit. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for the words that we've heard. Thank you that there is joy in the morning. For some of us that are struggling today, may that truth find a lodging place in our hearts that though we may be walking through what seems like the valley of the shadow of death you are alive you are well you have a plan for us and a purpose for us you have joy for us so as we leave this place may that truth resonate in our hearts lord again i pray for those that have made some decision for you today may they tell somebody Help us tell somebody so that we can be accountable and grow. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the friends in this place. Thank you for the lighthouse that this church is. Lord, I pray you continue to use us in this community around the world. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning. I hope you have a small group. If not, see me and I'll get you plugged in. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. In addition, we want to invite you to check out some of the great items at our website that will help you, or you can give as a gift to a friend. Devotionals and other resources are all available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you will tune in again next week.